Hey, I'm Sam Lake from Remedy, and this is Tomorrow with Rovio podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tomorrow with Rovio podcast. I'm your host, Ben Mattis. Really, really exciting episode today for two reasons. First of all, it's the second to last episode of season one. We'll come back with one last year in review episode just before Christmas. Then we'll wrap up season one and then come back in 2022 with a whole new set of episodes. And, you know, looking forward to diving into that. Uh, I hope you'll you'll join us for season two. Um, but the other reason why uh, this episode is so exciting is because of our guest. If you've played PC or console games for any number of years, chances are you've played a remedy title. You, you, you played Max Payne. Uh, you've played Control. You've played Alan Wake. You played Quantum Break. I mean, these are incredibly popular, incredibly successful games. And my guest today, Sam Lake, is the creative director and, and sort of head writer at Remedy, and has been involved in all of those projects. Uh, so just hearing, you know, the thoughts and, and the kind of creative process of of someone, you know, like Sam, who's been involved in such incredibly big, important projects, is, is was really exciting for me. And, and hopefully, you get a kick out of that. But the other reason why I, I think you'll like this is because Sam has really interesting insights across what it means to have a highly engaged community and how to keep community engaged and um, encourage them to debate and theorize and analyze and dig into your game world, uh, which is really exciting. And to hear how much he cares about the fan community and, and all of their thoughts and all of their sort of fan fiction, etc. to me was really rewarding and exciting to hear that. Second of all, you know, if you've ever played a Remedy game, you've probably noticed an Easter egg. Uh, they're, they're, they're amazing at Easter eggs. Their world building is, you know, industry class. And those Easter eggs really help create this sensation of a larger world beyond the game into something bigger, not just the forums and, and you know, Reddit and, and kind of fan debates and fan theories, but somehow a larger connected world, which frankly, in a lot of ways feels like a precursor to some of the conversations that I've been having throughout the year on things like the metaverse or multiverse or, you know, what have you. So it, it's really interesting to me to hear Sam talk about uh, the Remedy Connected universe, which is kind of like their own little metaverse that's connecting together through canon and narrative and other fashions some of the games that they have built in their past and many of the games that they'll be building in the future. And, you know, in a lot of my other interviews, I've talked with people who think about the sort of narrative side of the metaverse. And, and I've had some guests who think that that's amazing and some guests who think that that's a huge challenge. Um, and to hear Sam's perspective on all of that was very, very interesting. So please enjoy this interview with uh, Sam Lake, the creative director and head writer for Remedy Entertainment on anything, everything and anything to do with the creative process, the writing process, the narrative process, uh, the metaversal connected universe process behind many of uh, Remedy's most fantastic titles. Thanks so much, I hope you enjoy. Great to have you, thank you so much for your time. Um, this has been a, an interview that we've been talking about and thinking about for quite a few months here on the Robio yeah, side, so we're really excited about this one. Um, and uh, I guess without further ado, we will jump in. We always start with the intros, obviously um, sort of painting a, a little bit of a picture of sort of who you are and kind of what you've done and that sort of thing. Um, can you introduce yourself for our listeners, please? Hello, uh, I'm Sam Lake. I'm the creative director at Remedy. And, and I mean, Remedy has been around for 26 plus years. And, and I've been here almost from the beginning. Almost Not quite, one, but, eh? but, but almost. Uh, I was asked by a good friend of mine, good childhood friend of mine, Petri Arvileto, who, who was one of the founders of Remedy, to come in and write some texts for Remedy's first game, Death Rally. Uh, I was at Helsinki University at the time studying the English language and literature. Mm -hmm. 
stories and writing have always been my passion, uh, storytelling. And, and back then I was imagining myself writing novels at some yeah. point. And, and then I ended up being tracked into video game in video games, and, and I'm on that detour still today. The industry uh, got its claws in you, and there's no yes, escape. <laughs> yes, uh, like, like happily enough, because, I mean, I, I, I think that life overall is this strange mix of, you know, lucky happenings uh, that, that you can't possibly plan on and, and, and then, you, you know, your, your own desires. And, and here we ended up combining them. Uh, you know, it, it, it was exciting opportunity. Fate yeah. at the same time. Yes, <laughs> it, it was exciting. I mean, I, I had played computer games like, like since, you know, being a teenager on like Com Commodore 64 was my first machine and I loved playing the games. Maybe I had like ended up straying away from computer games and video games a bit. I was playing tabletop role-playing games a oh, lot and, and actually writing uh, uh, related to that quite a bit at that time. And, and this seemed like an awesome opportunity. And, and, and then kind of like Death Rally didn't have a story, but immediately then the next game and, and brainstorming potential for next games, I was very much pushing the idea that we can do a lot more with story and storytelling. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> yes. So in your 25 years at Remedy, you've been credited with lots of different components of a game production. And while the broad theme of this podcast is the future of entertainment. So we've had some movie people on and some, you know, whatever. We, we, we've had people who sort of sit broadly in entertainment. By far, the majority of our guests have been game developers. And my assumption is that the majority of our listeners are probably game developers. So you can, you can get deep into the sort of, I think, you know, whatever, the the, the technical terms and the vernaculars of game development. And I, I, I think that'll, that'll be fine with our audience. But can you talk a little bit about the different hats that you've worn while at Remedy? Um, creative direction versus executive production versus narrative, et cetera. Because you've sort of done a lot. And I'm wondering, um, sort of, has it always been the same? Or have there been different areas that you've explored or some areas that you've found yourself drawn to on one game versus another? Yeah, I... I... <sighs> I suppose that, that how I see myself more than anything is a storyteller. And, and, and that is the kind of like underneath all of this, these different things. I kind of see it as one thing in, okay. in, in a way. Yes, uh, being a writer is, is a big part of it to me as a starting point. But, but I've been involved in, in the majority of concepting and dreaming up the vision for our game experiences. Uh, you know, usually we have a very small group of people figuring out what a game could be. Mm -hmm. and, and, and traditionally, from Max Payne on, the story and the characters and with that the world has been a crucial part of that. Absolutely. From kind of the, the very early first steps of the experience, like, like thinking what this experience is about has always been a lot about what the story is about, what the characters are about, and, and, and who is the main character and, mm -hmm. and what is the journey there. So, so that has always been there as a key component. I love to be involved in too much maybe in, in all the steps of on, on, on the way. So, so coming up with this idea of, of what this experience is and, and making sure that the idea of the game is very much married to the idea of the character and the story, but then also writing that story, writing the actual screenplay uh, mm -hmm. and then being involved in finding the actors for it and, right. and, and kind of like figuring out the cinematography of the cutscenes in, you know, I do it mainly on the page, but then discuss 
about Absolutely. it with with our actual cinematographer and 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 performance director. And then even to the point of absolutely loving getting huge kicks out of, out of, uh, by hand doing some, you know, detailed props that, that, you know, Easter egg level things that you end up finding as part of this experience. We'll talk a lot about Easter eggs. We, we, we have brilliant artists like, you know, at the remedy, I still love to do silly things like, like, in control our recent game in this government office complex you find whiteboards that mm-hmm. have these cryptic I remember uh, reading scri- those. scribblings and and I I did a bunch of them on an actual whiteboard and and, and then there was a the photo <laughs> taken and it's placed in there and and are you credited you know, as an artist though no, cuz I didn't no, see no 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 <laughs> But 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 I, I I just love to be kind of like uh, there on this journey from from the high level concept and then these small bits and pieces that nobody really misses or nobody is like scheduling them in or or I just like feel that when I have an opportunity hey I did this can we still put this maybe quickly in <laughs> uh, so so yeah I mean it's it's the and and. To me, like all of this is about the experience and about the story. It's yeah. it's the high level. It's the actual expensive big cutscenes. It's the choice of music uh, and and how does that affect the storytelling? And it's these small bits yeah. hidden in the, that that somebody can discover. There's the there's the character narrative, obviously, but there's also the world narrative, and then there's the ambience that ties it all together, and the stories that you tell through your, frankly, your world design are are hand in hand with the the words that come out of the characters' mouths, and it it really creates a, a cohesive whole, absolutely. And, and and that to me is 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 a big part of fascination for for games as a storytelling is the fact that that they are very deep experiences in the sense that we can mix mediums absolutely and and they all have their place in this world and and in a, in a very unique way out of these different aspects and fragments we are building an emotional experience that that kind of comes together in different ways for different players depending yeah. on what they pick up and yep. and explore and what they ignore but it should still be something that that kind of works for everybody slightly as a different experience and that's that's the beauty of it i feel and so i mean clearly for 25 years narrative has been a uh pillar a cornerstone a calling card it has been you know a major selling point of Remedy games. And I think most people who've played a Remedy game would would probably say that. That's my assumption. Um, do you think you guys, do you feel like Remedy makes games differently than other developers? Do, or, do, yeah, I mean, it, lots of people say we put story front and center. Not all, obviously, but lots of people do. Do you feel like you guys do it differently? It's an interesting question. Like, I think that we do it Less differently, maybe these days than okay. than early on. I feel that that the growth in ambition of storytelling and and quality of storytelling in games has gone forward in huge leaps. I agree through the time yes. I have been in the industry, which is wonderful. I I think that 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 makes video games to me really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think that in some ways, when we were starting out and, and we were creating Max Payne's and Alan Wake, within that time frame, I feel that we were pioneering certain things. And I mean, there, there, there was interesting and ambition, ambitious work obviously happening globally all around related to video games. But I, I, I do feel that we managed to do, be among the first to take this kind of a more action-oriented genre of games yeah. and insert a deeper story uh, into it than 
had been done before. Certainly mm-hmm. there were already role-playing games. Certainly there were more adventure games that, that did have storytelling as a clear component. For action games, it tended to be more like this, well, Space Marine uh, yeah. and, and here's Go. Some, here's some zombies, you're, here's you're a not, gun. You know, Go. Uh, but it, 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 it was these this discussions early on uh, with Max Payne, this idea that we can totally do an ambitious story within the framework of action game. And then just like figuring out, well, how? How do we do that? And starting that journey of exploration that I feel that, that we are still on was, well, what are our storytelling methods and tools and what are the innovations that we can do there? What, what is the exploration that, that new things that we want to try out? And, and that to me has been that this constant exploration that, that fascinates me a lot, which, which started out with, well, you know, back when we were in, in late 90s, when we were working on Max Payne, cutscenes were very, very crude. Uh, yes. uh, and, and, and so from that perspective, we, we need to find another way of telling an ambitious story. If we use cutscenes, it's not going to be sophisticated. Yeah. So, so looking into other mediums, for, for what could it be? And me being a big comic book fan, uh, mm-hmm. I, I felt that, hey, we could use graphic novel screens and, and we could combine that with an audio play, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we could do a very high quality story. Plus, as, as comic books in a medium have, you know, you, you tend to be in your imagination filling the, the bits between the panels. Absolutely. And, 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 and kind of the end experience ends up being in a good comic book much more than these still images and word bubbles. It, it, you, you, you are drawn into the world and, and it's happening in your head. And, and then, on top of that, you know, radio plays as another thing, you know, as, as, as a child listening to wonderful radio plays like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or The Hobbit or, yeah. or these kinds of things, which were wonderful experiences. Reborn you, now with podcasts, right? Yes, we, we, which, which, which I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I, I love radio play as a, as a, as a medium. But yeah, it was dying, but, but mm-hmm. now happily it's back. But, but combining these, it already felt like, yeah, wonderful. We can, we can, we can do an ambitious story. Uh, and and, and that, that did feel like we, we were bringing into games at that point of time, into action games, something that, that, that was very exciting and fresh to the audience. So, okay, I'm going to skip ahead a question then, because you're, you're talking on a subject that I was going to get into a little bit later, but I'll, I'll bring it up now to continue the theme you're on. So obviously between Max Payne and Control, um, the industry has evolved. As you said, lots more people have sort of gotten into the, the sophisticated storytelling inside of an action game space. I mean, you know, whatever, God of War and like whatever. So there's lots yes. of other people who yeah. can kind of sit in that space. And yet in certain places, what we've seen is an improvement in execution, right? So cutscenes have gotten better and better and better. And, you know, whatever voice acting has gotten better and better and better. And, and, and the transitions between action and, and say linear has gotten smoother and smoother and smoother, right? To the point where, you know, when Naughty Dog does it, you can't even see it, right? It's now, it's magic, right? Somehow yes, they've yes. worked their technical magic and it's just poof. It's so seamless. It blows my mind even to this day. So ton of work, absolutely huge budget, yeah, uh, incredible resources, yeah. and and it's magic, yes, and it's magic, <laughs> <laughs> the magic of resources and yes. love and labor, yes, but but, um, but wonderful vision to drive it as well, of course. Yeah. So, but so my point is more is less about quality of execution, and more about you know trying something completely new, right? So so. When you guys did, you know, whatever, the, the graphic novel or the radio play format inside of, you know, um, Max Payne, that was sort of 
somewhat new. Like it hadn't really been done a lot inside of games. And that was a new thing. And like whenever the, you know, I can't remember what it was, but like the first action game that had like integrated cutscenes, that was like a new thing. But now cutscenes have have just have iterated, right? So in the last, you know, whatever, five, ten years, have there been major innovations inside of game narrative that have caught your attention that are like, oh, that's that's a new thing, and I can't wait to see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 happening all the time, and and it is exciting. I personally, I I get really excited about maybe smaller indie games doing yes. experimental, excellent experimental uh, storytelling and 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 there are plenty of those which is wonderful and and it's it, because you know that the reality of it and and you can see it in movie industry as an example that the, the bigger the budget grows the more cautious mm-hmm. everybody gets that yes. that you you need to kind of like make sure that this will succeed mm-hmm. and and otherwise it's 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 going to be bad for everybody mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 thus, in some ways, uh, the like like wild risk taking, and I mean sometimes it happens, and uh, but 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 less, and it's very understandable. But as a contrast to that, if if we look at the smaller indie games, that's the strength there. You need to be wildly experimental uh, in order to kind of potentially break through, uh, and and and. But it, but it's very liberating, and there can be all kinds of and 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 how it usually goes when somebody does break through, and 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 there was something very interesting being done. We'll go forward a few years, and suddenly we are seeing these big games adapt yep. these Copy ideas. That. Of course, yes. yeah, they draw inspiration and, and from it. Which, which, which for the industry overall, for for video games, that is vital. I, yes. I, I feel that that we have this. So indie games are are precious and yeah. and, and really really important um, overall. You know, to me as a creator at, at Remedy, like I feel that that we yes we have been growing a lot as a company. Like like we are three hundred people uh, these days. We have multiple game projects uh, going on these days. With it used to be always just one project, yeah. but but now we have multiple. And I kind of see us being in in that interesting middle position is that just purely on scope and purely on on quality, we we can't quite get to where these absolutely massive productions yeah. uh, can, but we can be a bit of experimental in this deal and and we can try out you know sometimes slightly crazy ideas or if 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 not uh, crazy ideas on the level of how it's done at least on what is being done and what the concept is cool. and, and 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 trying to trying to retain that i feel is a big part of of uh, you know how i see the exciting parts of being the creative director and 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 trying to kind of always look for maybe you know new mediums to incorporate into the uh, game experiences we create or just like new genres of of story or or new types of stylized settings or Very or cool. you know elements like that so I guess closing on the evolution of game narrative question or or, or theme, um, I wonder how you personally think about, uh, or if you think about the impact your story has on the audience. So you know, obviously, as you know, let's say you're an author, you write a book, um, and you publish that book, and people read your book. Uh, you know, you might get fan letters, you might get people coming up into the street and saying, oh my God, this was so impactful. You know, I loved it so much. And of course you get, you get sales numbers, right? So, you know, oh, okay. You know, I sold whatever, 10,000 copies. So, okay, I'm great. Um, but clearly in the world of, for example, mobile gaming, you know, and all the analytics and the data, like we can, you know, generally speaking, that's kind of part of the, the, the difference, right? Is there super granular sort of um, visibility on stuff? 
Um, and so generally speaking, one of the divides is like, well, in mobile kind of everything is quantified and, you know, whatever in console, you know, a little bit less. And I guess in magazines and books kind of even less. So do you ever think about how to measure the impact of your narrative? Like, do you, do you go and check how much control fan fiction there is or, or okay. how active the, uh, I don't know, uh, slash Max Payne Reddit forum still is in order to see, does, does, does checking or, or somehow measuring narrative impact come into your worldview at all? Or is it more like, I wrote my story, I told my story, and now I'm on to my next story? I mean, you know, these days, social media bringing uh, the, the audience much closer to yes. us uh, in, in everything, which I feel is, is, is part of the work as well to be present there uh, in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it can be hard I mean, to read the comments, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, know, you know, going way back, I, I like, like to Max Payne. And, and, and that was in, in before social media, really, but, but we had a ton of forums, mm-hmm. obviously, with, with lively discussions. That's you a know, nice way to put it. <laughs> starting out, you know, obviously, like getting your, your first big story out there. And then being really interested what, what people think about it and, and going online and reading mm-hmm. all kinds of comments. Uh, <laughs> being exposed to all of that as, as your, you know, suddenly, because Max Payne ended up being a really big success. Yes. And, and, and I hadn't, beyond Death Rally, which was a much smaller thing, I hadn't really gotten anything of my writing published. It was this kind of a, you know, being pushed in the like, like deep end because, you know, being interested and, and going and, 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 and yes, there were a lot of people loving it. There were a lot of people absolutely hating it. Uh, and, 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 and which, which, which kind of now with more experience and looking back, it's exactly how you want it. Uh, you know, Instead of be be people being indifferent yeah, and, and going like oh yeah moving on yeah uh, you know that that it evokes passionate reaction that that's already I feel a success of some sort like there is something there that that taps into people people's minds and 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 emotions interesting uh, so but yes like like doing that that rookie mistake of going and reading a lot of that. And, and, and it was a rough ride. <laughs> you, and, and, and you, you kind of end up growing a, a rather thick hide yeah. quite fast and understanding yeah. that, that, well, this is part of it, but, but it's not, it, it can't define you and you can't really chase that because it's impossible. Like, like to me, this kind of like a big revelation was then say going online and, and looking for commentary on, on, say, some of my favorite movies or some of my favorite books mm-hmm. and, and, and finding that exact same reaction, mm-hmm. that there are plenty of people who, like me, found this wonderful as an experience. Then there are a ton of people who absolutely hated it. Right. Uh, passionately hated it and, and thought that it was the most horrible things and realizing that there is no escaping it. Like, like it's, it's, it's part of us as, as, as people and, and part of us looking at these things. It's, it's, it's a wonderful richness that, that there are different op- opinions and different audiences and, and, and different tastes. Yes, absolutely. You can't cater for, for all of that. There, there is absolutely no way and you shouldn't even try to because that actually will lead you down the path where, 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 where everything is played safe. That's right. There, there are no sharp edges and, and nobody feels anything. And, and, and yes, nobody hates it because of that. Okay, so that's very interesting. And if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll add on to that question then. So <laughs> yeah. you've created worlds. And not a lot of people can say that, right? I mean... Sure, there's maybe hundreds, maybe even thousands of people who can say that, but it, it's not like it's the whole universe, right? It's not like every person in the world can say, I'm a professional world creator. 
you are amongst a relatively small number of people who can say, I'm a professional world creator. And when you create these worlds, you hypothetically create a sandbox where other people can play and other people can come and sort of tell their own stories inside your worlds. Now, it's not like a sandbox like Minecraft, right? But the worlds that you've created are expansive enough that someone might write a story about, well, what happened if, uh, you know, Alan turned left instead of right, right? What happened if he did go into that door when he wasn't supposed to go into that door, et cetera? There's all of those possibility spaces that lend themselves to exploration, to hypothesizing, and to, you know, some form of kind of theory crafting inside of this sandbox, <laughs> narrative theory crafting. So does that excite you as a world builder? Do you, do you love that or does it, um, does it somehow, uh, shift your, your, your thoughts about the worlds you create? It, it's, it's alien to me, this, because I don't professionally create worlds. So I'm just wondering how you think about other people coming in and sort of narratively playing, not professionally, but narratively playing inside of the worlds that you've built. Not that I find that wonderful. As I said, Coming into this from tabletop role-playing game, uh, uh, kind of playing playing those games and writing those stories, that is taking a world or creating a world and inviting mm -hmm. others, like the whole group of players, uh, to contribute and, yes. and be part of that experience. And, and, and in the best possible way, writing stories about it outside the actual yes. game experience yes. Yes. Uh, which which like like talking with with uh, other people in the industry designers and writers surprisingly many well maybe it shouldn't be surprising have a background playing tabletop role playing games it's right. it's a wonderful school into starting to understand interactivity as part of a narrative uh, and 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 also It is a very safe place to start creating your own content, Absolutely. writing stories, because everybody is so invested into this game experience. So everybody wants more of it. And so it's a very grateful, positively excited uh, group of people that, that you are writing a story of your character or, or mm. something about the world and sharing And, and everybody loves it and everybody wants more. So, the, so the, it's a great point that they are grateful for it. It's like nothing but positive reinforcement, right? Yes. So, yeah. so it's a very safe place yeah. to start no, trying out. And I think that that's, that is part of like people getting that, you know, loving that, but also like getting that encouragement of, of maybe I should do more of this. Maybe I should do this professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so. Yes, but but getting back to idea of fan fiction as mm -hmm. as uh, as an example, I think it's a natural extension of playing. You know, okay. it's it's it it it's almost like, and I I I totally welcome it because I am interested in different mediums as part of telling these stories. We we are bringing these different mediums inside our games, and sometimes we are. In, in, a, in a form of transmedia, uh, uh, using other mediums as companions to mm -hmm. our, our game story. So, so to me, somebody writing more fiction from that world, it's, it's almost like an extension of this for, right. for themselves and, and everybody, uh, you know, interested in reading that just creating more of the world content. It's, it's, it's a very similar thing to, you know, as with Max Payne or many other games, releasing uh, the level editor and, and mm -hmm. people doing their own mods and, and creating more content. Writing fan fiction is, is just another form of that. And, 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 and once again, people who are enthusiastic and excited about the content we create are uh, are very important and, 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 and vital to us. And, 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 you know, we, we want them to be engaged and, and, and like, if we can give them content that makes them excited to the point that they start creating their own content, like there is nothing better as 
feedback, uh, okay. you know, or 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 kind of like thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I, I'm glad to hear you say that, but uh, it 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 strikes me as very so true, right? Particularly in 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 this era where you can be close to the community if you want to be and and the community is these communities are going to form whether you want them to or not right to find ways to not hold them at arm's length but to 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 integrate into them to to bring them in to listen to them somehow um to validate them somehow but more importantly to be nourished by them, right? I, I I couldn't agree more that it 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 it's such a huge opportunity in our industry in our space, and so it, I assume that some parts of that have have probably peppered your thoughts and conversations about the remedy connected universe, which is where I wanted to where I want to take our conversation. I next. mean, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, I mean, like like you know, just just kind of going back to the previous point, still. The fact that there are people building mods, the fact that there are people writing fanfic, the fact that there are people, you know, embracing the photo mode and taking mm-hmm. awesome, gloriously beautiful pictures that, that you couldn't even imagine being possible out of your game. And, and then say people, uh, you know, doing cosplay of, mm-hmm. of the characters you have created. All of these, you know, people who are enthusiastic and find the angle that works for them to be closer to this experience and 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 excited about this experience it's 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 all wonderful i yeah. i i feel uh but but what's fascinating to me also that that if we look at say control uh, yeah. that, or alan wake even that that now we have the remastered out in in some ways in both of them, I felt from the storytelling side, the idea of building a mystery was important because to me, the best form of fiction that I get excited about and, and uh, uh, engage with is often a mystery where, mm-hmm. where I am struggling to, to understand where it's going. I'm excited to find out. I can't really, I, it, you know... I'm most entertained when I feel an experience is maybe just tiny bit too smart for me to, <laughs> to, to, to kind of like, and I'm trying and I'm really excited and I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with ideas. And, and then it, if it manages still to surprise me, I'm very satisfied. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and so, so to me as a creator, like an exciting idea is to create a deep mystery that mm-hmm. people can dive in and and speculate about and and wonder about that that this sense of wonder um uh, and and that was a big part of well i mean even in max payne obviously we are in this kind of a hardball crime thriller sure. but 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 it's a detective story and we yeah. don't know who did it yeah. and 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 we are on like on that journey, but but then even more maybe on metaphysical and deeper level in Alan Wake, we are questioning what is real and what is fiction, and and even more I fear in control, we mm-hmm. we we very very purposefully wanted to create a deep world with a lot of mystery and yeah. and 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 the the kind of like the style of telling that story and those stories is that that we only get fragmented view into it and 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 we get theories that that by its very nature federal bureau of control is trying to understand very hard to understand things and they have theories but are they the ultimate truth Mm -hmm. or or is this just speculation and 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 this to me as an idea was just ripe for our audience to do their own totally. speculation to to totally form theories to piece certain pieces together and 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 go online into reddit and write about it or do an awesome uh video going through the theory and and you know doing that crazy mind map of red string going yes, about and, 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 and trying to, and, and, and then other parts of community responding to that and, and, you know, 
coming up with an alternate theory because they have found certain other pieces. To me, that is exciting. Not necessarily on the level of of really uh, going in and trying to kind of like, you know, find the, the faults or flaws in somebody's theory, just being really, really happy that people are engaged and, and wanting, worked, right? w- wanting to do that. And that's, that to me is, is wonderful. It's, it's made me think of two things and I'll just, I'll drop these out really quickly. I'd, I'd love to see what you think. So the first is, it's almost like mystery novels were somehow the first, you know, interactive stories because you're not passive, right? You, whether you mean to or not, you are participating by thinking through, is it left? Is it right? Was it her? Was it him? Was it this? Was it that? Right? Yes. So it, the mystery novel almost in some ways sort of set the stage for, 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 for video games in, in, in certain ways, certainly from a narrative point of view. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, when I hear you talk about mystery, um, and the unknowns and, and, and intentionally creating that as, seeds for 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 fan theory and for speculation and and for exploration you know it reminds me of some of the the talks i've heard the guy who created lost um yeah jj oh, thank you jj right yeah. um it reminds me of some of the the things i remember hearing him talk about as well right this idea what did he call it the mystery box right that there are yep. you know that 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 having mystery having unknowns in your narrative is such an invitation for communal communal participation, um, and it, it can't help but expand somewhat uh, the, the 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 player's involvement or the the watcher's involvement in your narrative space. Yeah, ex- uh, very much so, and 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 I think that that TV shows, uh, you know, Lost being a, a great example that that kind of took this clear clear step, uh, you know, intentionally quite complex. I, I think that yeah. audiences these days have also grown into that Absolutely. and are We've quite a bit more, more savvy into yeah. piecing things together and breaking things down and, and, and intentionally seeing in, in many shows that that small clues yep. Yep. Easter eggs, yes, in Easter a way, eggs. Are, are being hidden so so that you actually need to kind of be looking and zooming in and and stopping and did you see that can there and it yeah. has now a different yes. label <laughs> that it used to have, yeah. which means that this timeline is actually <laughs> different where we saw the same thing happen before and this very complicated like like you know breakdowns being done by the fans and that's. Then they are engaged, yeah. and and that's an important part of the experience. Absolutely. Well, so let's dive into Easter eggs, and I, I I definitely want to talk about this. So, you know, developers, creators have been inserting references and Easter eggs to past games into their projects for years. Um, I would say you guys are really good at that. Um, you talked a little bit about the process, right? So, you know, you go and you write some stuff on a whiteboard, you took some photos, and you insert it, and that kind of thing. Um, I'm just wondering if you want to expand on that at all. The, the, it seems like there's there's a way to do it really well. Some people do it really well, um, and then you know maybe others maybe others try and do it well. And there seems to be a, an art form to creating those connections that are that are strong enough that players find them right. So they're not so hidden that nobody ever finds it. And yet they're subtle enough that when players make the connection, they feel really smart. So is there, is, is there, is there an art form you can talk about at sort of finding the right level of sophistication of the Easter egg or of the, you know, whatever internal reference? Yeah, I think that there is like, 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 like still going back to what you said about a mystery story mm-hmm. being an interactive experience to, to me, like, like, Back at the university and studying literature and, and through that, finding my way to postmodern writing. Mm-hmm. That, that, and being in an academic environment where, where a big part of it is to analyze and, 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 and write an essay of something, which is like, like breaking it down and forming theories, exactly what we have been talking about. And, yeah. and to me, it just felt like 
it, it was almost like in many cases, postmodern writing is made for that. That, that it, it's, it's almost felt like, well, now I'm playing a game with the author. And, and there are all kinds of weird connections and dreamlike layers and, and, and symbolism inserted into this story that can be wow. kind of broken down and analyzed. And you can form this theory of what does this mean and how does it connect? And, and that to me was really exciting. And, mm. and I, I feel that that is like just being excited about that. That is very much in my mind what I'm doing with Easter eggs when, when I'm thinking about that, that it is a further layer of this layered, fragmented experience playing a game. It's, it's a game within a game. And, and, and yes, I agree that there are different ways of approaching it. That there is a way of approaching it like, yeah, this is a funny thing. Ha ha. Let's put this funny picture here. Mm-hmm. But, but that's not really the kind of Easter egg that excites me. Mm-hmm. To me, the idea always is that on some level, this is a symbol, an echo, a reflection, a, a, a thought that, that kind of like, you know, this is the story and, and, and here is our hero. But, but, you know, as an audience, you can step back and go like, wait a minute, you know, I, interesting theory as an example is that, that it keeps popping up sometimes that, that, I'm asked the question of like, was Max Payne just crazy person who murdered his family? Mm-hmm. And, and, and please answer me. I never do. And I won't now. Uh, I won't because I, I, I think that that's not the intent of the story, of course. But that thought, that the idea of when you look at things and you, you start thinking about these different things, like what if, uh, or, or it's interesting to me, I, and, and, you know, Max as a character is a very conflicted person and, and he is carrying a huge amount of guilt on his back. He has mm-hmm. failed and his family is dead. So it's a natural psychological thing for him mm-hmm. to feel guilty. And then that guilt taken into a nightmare or dream suddenly is like he did it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 Thinking about it from these different perspectives, going into these psychological layers and, and entertaining these different thoughts and putting them into the world as Easter eggs, almost yep. like yep. Yep. it's these weird echoes and they are not definite, but they are introduced, they, they are incepting a thought into your mind. Hmm. And that's something. And that's, that's the wonderful part about video game worlds and, and depth of storytelling that you can have all kinds of things. You have the primary narrative, but then you have all kinds of things that strike a chord on mm-hmm. emotional level or, or, or make you wonder. And all of that is part of the package. And all of that is at the end, you have it in your mind and, and, I would love to have this idea that, that the stories we tell through our games linger, that, that this idea that it's not conclusively, well, that was a happy ending and right. that was a nice experience moving on to the next one. But hopefully people will come back to it, you know, later, weeks later, or even years later going like, yeah, this emotion like reminds me of something or, or made me think the mm-hmm. other way back to this experience and this story. And there were these interesting aspects to it. And just like it's, it's this, these elements inserted. And as an example, once again, like I'm, I'm using these old examples, like we, we have plenty more in the more recent games, but trying not to spoil, spoil things too stuff. much. <laughs> but, but in Max Payne, to me, that was also the in-game television shows, mm-hmm. which has certainly been a interesting threat to me in all of our games that, that, well, game is set in a modern present day world, something along those lines. And, and, all of these different uh, medias are very much present in our lives. It would be, it would feel like something is missing if we didn't have them in the game world. Yeah. And, and then 
as an example, like Max Payne's world being so kind of almost like, you know, he's, he's turned inwards and he has this nightmare inside him. It's, it's all told from his true, filtered through his mind and his narrative. He's telling the story. Absolutely. So, so I feel that there are so many elements there that are, are they, you know, it's constant night. Mm-hmm. It, it can't possibly be constant night, but we are only seeing night. In the, in the first game, it's the worst winter storm in the century. Is it really a worst winter storm in the century? Or, or is this the turmoil he has inside him Absolutely. so that it feels like that? And then suddenly we start having these TV shows in various genres like, like, you know, costume drama and cartoon and psycho thriller and, and, and all of these. And somehow when you watch them, they all in their own genre ways echo him and, and his situation. Do they really? Or is he just so wrapped up in this that they see like him to him yeah. that that he finds these yeah. pieces out of them and and they are kind of easter eggs to me but at the same time they 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 are kind of inserting commentary on some level into this experience and 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 also these days now getting into remedy connected universe uh, yeah okay is is that also it's fascinating to me to explore these ideas where we could go And kind of like hanging these things in there. Yes, we have a plan going forward, you know, sometimes quite far, but it's it's still interesting to entertain these ideas that, you know, maybe, you know, this would be a possibility. And and it it lends itself to further speculation, like, oh, are they are they setting this up? You know, and maybe we are. And and right. but Absolutely. maybe it's it's in a different context that you would be expecting. Uh Which which is Easter eggs in way, but also from slightly different uh, perspective. So then, I, I guess just to make it explicit, the the Remedy Connected Universe sort of asserts that there are frankly strong connections between the games that have that have come before, and that they are part of a, a larger connected universe going forward. Right? Is that safe to say? Well, as far of the the actual brands that are in our control, control, yes, <laughs> and what we own, of yep. course, be, yep. because, because that that is always just the reality of the Obviously. world. Yep. Uh, which which uh, currently, what we have publicly stated is is Alan Wake and Control. So by asserting that Alan Wake and Control are part of the same universe and that there's other games that will sit inside this connected universe, obviously one of the things you're doing is you're you're giving huge fuel to the to the fire of spe- fan speculation and uh, uh, fan fiction and all the stuff we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes, right? Because now you're saying this is canon. These connections are canon. So it's not just hypothesis. It's canon. What else you got, right? So of course it's going to set the the forums aflame, right? Of course Reddit's going to go on fire with that, which is awesome. Are there other explicit goals of the connected universe that you want to talk about, or do you feel like we've talked in talking about fan fiction and in talking about community and in talking about sort of fandom in general? Are there other explicit goals that you want to bring up? Yeah, I mean, I. I... <sighs> Like you know, for for us, the idea of Remedy Connected Universe has been around for quite a while, and we've been you know talking about it uh, as a, as an as an idea. And then, like obviously, now with 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 Control coming out, we we felt that now is the right time, and now now we are in a position to make this very concrete uh, and 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 kind of like officially say this out loud. And it has come from this idea of, of putting these Easter eggs in and being fascinated about it, but growing in ambition and, and growing growing uh, into a bigger thing and, and, and loving loving bigger stories and, and, and deeper worlds as a fan, you know, wanting to take these, these steps uh, into that direction. I think that 
I mean, the, the sensible idea here, uh, uh, which, which I very much uh, agree with, is that there, there are these layers in these experiences. And, 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 and certainly we can, we can imagine sometime in the distant future that we would do our version of, say, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm, Avengers mm-hmm. crossover yep. event. But but I don't think that we are there yet. And I, I, I think that where we are is that whenever we do a game like Control, it needs to be approachable and exciting to everybody out there who have not necessarily played any, any previous Remedy games. Uh, you know, just as an idea, just as an introduction to a character like main character and character gallery and, and coming in and it needs to be exciting on its own. Okay. But then we have this other layer, uh, a growing layer, I would say, of, of bigger universe material that, that are opening these doors, building these connections, you know, uh, either projecting forward or, or kind of like connecting backwards and building this depth and connection points for as as a reward for our long-standing fans yeah. uh coming in and and finding that and being rewarded by that and and finding these like like more fuel to the fire and more speculation and more theories coming together that how do these work together um but adding this layer in there i think that the beauty of it is is also that that which, which very much why a, a big part of also the motivation why now it felt like the right time to create the remastered version of the original Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, when we were in position now to release it on, on different platforms, like PlayStation as an example, where, where Alan Wake experiences have never been before, yeah. but Control introducing Alan Wake as a side thing in the experience, then, then doing that DLC that was very much a small crossover event between Control and Alan Wake. Super and, cool. and, and, and now being in a position of bringing back, yes, for longstanding fans who love Alan Wake and, and have been asking for a remastered version uh, for a long time, but also now for a whole new audience getting to know Alan Wake in control, true control, mm-hmm. and, and, and being able to provide them this opportunity. Well, you know, we were referring to this story and, and this character. Now you can dive in. Here is actually this remastered version of the original game. Uh, you know, if, if this uh, sparked your interest and, and now you can go and, and experience this and, and then maybe what you experienced firsthand in control you you'll get to see that in new light That's and, right. and you know so so it 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 keeps our our previous games maybe more relevant and mm-hmm. and part of the the conversation uh, yeah. going forward it's not just a fresh coat of paint it's a fresh lens yes like like yeah. there, there are new reasons to go back and play it Absolutely. beyond just like refreshing the look of it that's great that's wonderful um gosh i could uh i could talk for ages about all of this. Um, I am, however, cognizant of the time that we have remaining. I guess if I had one closing question, it's about going outside of Remedy's universe, right? So, so we've talked so much about the interconnections, the Easter eggs, the things you directly control. And yet, you know, we couldn't be on the kind of this podcast talking about the future of entertainment and not talk about brand crossovers or metaversal whatevers, like it's everywhere, right? You know, we've got Wolverine and Superman fighting inside (laughs) of Fortnite and both major entertainment stakeholders somehow calling it canon. And those of us who kind of follow the stories kind of scratching our heads and going, what the heck does that mean? So, you know, as a creator, um, I don't know, Alan Wake and Fortnite, fighting Superman. Like what is, what is that? Yes. Okay. Perfect. That's a big uh, thumbs up from you. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I well, like, like uh, obviously we, we, we have the absolute uh, pleasure of working with Epic now as our publisher for Absolutely. Alan Wake Remastered. Uh, 
I think it's 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 interesting. I think that it is part of the the, the current form of of entertainment and 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 me, like like this idea of meta worlds in strange ways. I I you know opportunities for for crossovers that that more are just maybe fun. Mm-hmm. But but I I I I I bet that we will see more ambitious ones emerging yes. Yes. slowly. I mean, like like it's 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 not the same thing, but but just seeing, you know, as as how ambitious and huge like Marvel Cinematic Universe, like like you know, it, uh, it, the number of movies that are connected to each other, almost like this was. Uh, Huge, huge TV show. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's really really inter- interesting idea. Uh, and so you know these these different kind of like bigger worlds emerging uh, that that you uh, both in games and and in other mediums and 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 uh, like coming together in various ways. Like like obviously, uh, yeah, I. I, I I think that we are just fumblingly like experiencing first steps in this, and uh, it's fascinating and it, and it's it's really exciting to see where that that's gonna go. I think that it will go into exciting places uh, in, in 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 the coming years. Alan Wake in Fortnite. I mean, tonally, of course, they 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 are two very different things. Absolutely. Although, yeah, we did the side uh, kind of a spin-off thing with Alan Wake's American Nightmare, which you could argue is actually a, maybe a step, <laughs> half step closer as an experience to to tonally uh, what what Fortnite is. I see no objection in that, and 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 I just see that if that's an opportunity, like, like I mean, somebody who isn't into that. But it's very much into this kind of like psychological, supernatural thriller experience of Alan Wake. I struggle to see how that would harm their experience. I, I think that sometimes maybe us as an audience don't realize maybe the power we have of choosing. I I, I think that we oh, have the power. I think that we have the power. Sometimes we we act like we didn't like like we go like well that came out and and now this whole thing is spoiled to me mm-hmm. or 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 we feel like yeah do i i now i have to trudge through this even if this isn't my thing because it's it's kind of connected i feel that that we are the masters of the universe as, as like it in our head, as, yeah. as the audience and we can freely choose This is my version. Like, like in in some concrete ways, you know, there, there's been great movies or great TV shows made based on a book, and I'm a huge lover of books. Mm-hmm. But but because there is so much content, and I've started watching an adaptation of something and found it thrilling, I've just made the con- conscious decision: I'm not going to read the books yeah. because I have a huge pile of books to read, yeah. Yeah. and I'm just. For me, this is going to be a TV show, yep. and and I I love it. Uh, and from that perspective, if there is a, a movie in a series that isn't exactly spot on for me, I can, I can choose to say that's well, like I'll I'll just treasure this part of the that's experience, right. and that's, that's the lovely. wonderful part. And and, and, and so like, like this dream of Alan Wake in a fortnight, if that will get some people who are into Fortnite, who have Alan not Wake. been taught about Alan Wake, and suddenly they are like, oh, what is this? I'll try this out. Oh my God, I love this. Like, I, I think that that would be a wonderful thing. And if there are people who go like, yeah, what is this Alan Wake in Fortnite? Fine. You are free <laughs> to ignore. You, are, you, you, you can focus on Alan Wake uh, as, as the experience. Like, like we, we are totally free <laughs> to, to make these choices. And, and 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 even like going back to uh, Max Payne, then you know, in in Max Payne 2, that turned 18 years uh, yesterday, uh, we we had this Happy idea, birthday, kind of an 
Easter egg that, that yes, it's a film noir story. To me, film noir stories don't have happy endings and right. it ended with a very dark ending. And, and then, but if, if you play it through three times on the, on the hardest difficulty, suddenly you get an alternate ending where Mona Sack survives. Yeah. And, and it's a happy ending. It's a reward to you. And there are so many fans out there constantly coming to me asking like, please tell me this is canon. Like, like that, that, that I, 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 I work so this. hard. I, I work so hard true. and I want Mona to be alive. And, and usually like I'm, I'm, I, I, I apologize to all of you. I, I never reply. I feel it's your experience now. You are playing it. I, I'm not the one to tell you what is canon in this particular game. You choose. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want this to be your version and you are happy with it, it's your version. If you prefer the original ending, darker ending for, for your film noir experience, you can choose that to be the ending. Like, and like, you will find a micro community who agrees with you no matter what your worldview of it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's your choice. <laughs> You'll yes. find your tribe. Uh, okay, Sam, we are unfortunately out of time. This has been uh, amazing. It's been entertaining. It's been insightful. Uh, I, I, I could listen to you talk about um, narrative and story in games and, and Remedy's way of thinking about it and your particular lens on crafting those worlds forever. But for now, I'll have to say thank you very much for your time. All the best in future projects, and thanks, thanks for joining us today. I've really appreciated it. Thank you, Ben. This, this was uh, wonderful and exciting. Bye. Goodbye. All right. So that's it for today. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview. It was a long one. It was an exciting one. But uh, as is usually the case, I loved it. I had a blast doing it. If you made it this far, I hope you um, you got something out of it as well. Um, and as I said in the intro, uh, this is our last guest of the year. We will have one more sort of wrap up, uh, which will be a shorter podcast. It'll be just me blathering on about all of the stuff I learned over the year and all of the things that I found the most exciting through all of the guests, a sort of year in review as it were. I don't imagine I'll be quite as entertaining and exciting, as insightful as, as some of these amazing guests that I've had the pleasure of interviewing over the year. But if you want a TLDR sort of summary of the year and you don't have time to go back and listen to all the podcasts and you just want the sort of Coles notes, uh, I'll do my best to pull out some of the some of the top learnings um, and share those. Uh, and with that, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, have a wonderful uh, evening or morning, depending on where you are when you're listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Bye.